told me that I probably wouldn't walk or talk or do any of that stuff. So I remember I was probably like five, six years old, maybe probably my earliest, but I was doing physical therapy from basically when I was old enough until I was nine years old. I went to a Riley's Hospital for Children in Indianapolis, and I went there several times a year until we moved away. There were some things that I was told that I couldn't do, and I didn't like the sound of no, so I would just keep trying anyway until I taught myself. One of those things was to ride a bike. I taught myself to ride a bike when I was five. It was an adult bike, and it was way too big for me, but I would push it up. We had a long driveway, and I pushed it up to like the end of the driveway where there's a really big rock. I remember pushing it up there, and then I would climb on the rock and then climb on the bike and then push myself off and ride until I couldn't ride anymore. I really realized that I was different and that I couldn't do things. Because of being raised around a, a big family, I had a lot of cousins everywhere, and a lot of them were my age. And I would try to keep up with them, you know, running or just doing the sports that they would do, and I wouldn't be able to. And so I remember at a pretty young age, just remember, I remember not being able to, you know, they said, well, you have to sit back here and, you know, just watch. You don't have to accept that label. You know, you can go out and try. And they told me I wouldn't walk or talk and I'm talking and I'm walking and I drive a car and I ride a bike and I can run and skip and I go hiking and I do all kinds of things. But if I would have accepted what the doctors said, I would just be sitting somewhere. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear. Welcome to Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. At this time, there's no treatment that can fix brain cells that have died, but undamaged brain cells can learn to do the jobs of cells that have died, especially in young people. In many cases, after a stroke, children can learn to use their arms and legs and speak again through brain retraining. The process can be slow and difficult, but children have an edge over adults because their young brains are still developing. In this episode, we hear from Gina Stevens from Colorado, who suffered a stroke when she was six months old. So the stroke actually caused me to have left side partial paralysis. My whole left side, my leg, my arm, that side of my head. The doctor told me that I probably wouldn't walk or talk or do any of that stuff. So I remember I was probably like five, six years old, maybe probably was my earliest, but I was doing physical therapy from basically when I was old enough until I was nine years old. I went to a Riley's Hospital for Children in Indianapolis, and I went there several times a year until we moved away. The incident happened because of child abuse. I don't know exactly what happened because I was a baby, but the state took me away and I was put in foster care and put up for adoption. And the foster family I was with later on adopted me when I was two. And so I lived with them, you know, my whole life. 
I had lots of brothers and sisters. Adopted-wise, I came from a pretty big family. I did physical therapy several times a, a year until we moved to South Dakota when I was nine. And then we just did kind of like home in-home therapy that my adopted dad would help me, you know, stretch my arm and do different exercises. There were some things that I was told that I couldn't do and I didn't like the sound of no. So I would just keep trying anyway until I taught myself. One of those things was to ride a bike. I taught myself to ride a bike when I was five. It was an adult bike and it was way too big for me, but I would push it up. We had a long driveway and I pushed it up to like the end of the driveway where there's a really big rock. I remember pushing it up there and then I would climb on the rock and then climb on the bike and then push myself off and ride until I couldn't ride anymore. And then I would repeat the process over and over until I learned to, you know, get on without that assistance. And I still ride today. I'm not, you know, the greatest rider. I don't do marathons or anything like that, but I still try to do my best and I don't tell myself no until I've at least tried it once. Gina understood she was different from a very young age. Probably about between three and four, I really realized that I was different and that I couldn't do things. Because of being raised around a, a big family, I had a lot of cousins everywhere and a lot of them were my age. And I would try to keep up with them, you know, running or just doing the sports that they would do and I wouldn't be able to. And so I remember at a pretty young age, just remember, I remember not being able to, you know, they say, well, you have to sit back here and, you know, just watch because you can't do it. And I hated that feeling so bad because I, I didn't want to be just someone that sat in the background. I didn't like to be told no. And so I've carried that persistence, I guess, through my life. I've been told countless times, you can't do this, but I've, like I said, I've tried to do it anyway. I think it was a couple years ago. I tried ice skating. Didn't work out too well. But I mean, I tried it. You know, I I love to see people ice skate. I love it. And I wish I could. But my left leg, it doesn't turn outward the way that it should. My ankle doesn't, you know, pivot or whatever that it should do. And so I can't do those things. And I just recently, this past weekend, actually tried to snowboard. And I couldn't do that either. I didn't even get to finish the class. I walked away feeling very defeated. Um, Even though I kind of in my mind knew that I probably couldn't do it, I at least wanted to give one lesson, get one lesson. And I didn't even get to finish a lesson. So I walked away feeling very defeated and wanted to cry. But I just tried to get that inner strength that I knew has been there my whole life that I've used off and on multiple times and just think, you know, I'll find a sport somewhere out there that I can do. I don't know what it is yet. Hopefully I'll find something. I had months as a child and they told me that I wouldn't be able to have any children. And I have two sons and they are my biggest blessings. And I thank God for them every day and they keep me on my toes. And so I don't want to not try for them. I always tell them, try a sport, whatever you want to try, 
at least try it once. And I was kind of upset and telling my husband the day that it happened. I said, I've always been that person that says never give up and just keep trying and just keep trying. And I feel like I let people down because I couldn't even finish a lesson. For my family and my friends, I want to be someone that they can look up to. In my mind, I don't see a disability. I've never thought of myself as being a disabled person. I've just got right in there and given it my best and not given up. And I tell my children that almost daily. I guess it was from 2017 to 2019. I took kickboxing, and that's another thing I had been wanting to try. And my adopted parents, I think I think they were kind of worried that I would hurt myself, and they weren't sure if I would be able to do it. My husband had found a 10-day free lesson or whatever, and free boxing gloves that came with it, and I could try it out. And if I liked it, then they were going to give me a, a year discount. And so I tried it and I loved it. And the first day I signed up for the year and I went three days a week for the next year after that. So I went two years in a row. I couldn't do it perfect, especially with my left side. I had trouble getting that kick in and the punches were not exactly and they weren't perfect and they weren't as hard as they should have been and all of that. But it was fun and it was exercise and it was something that I had been told you can't do this some people label disabled and then once they label them they say oh well you're disabled so you can't do it and I hate that it drives me crazy and so I just want to prove to other people who have that label or who are disabled that you don't have to accept that label you know you can go out and try and they told me I wouldn't walk or talk and I'm talking and I'm walking and I drive a car and I ride a bike and I can run and skip and I go hiking and I do all kinds of things but if I would have accepted what the doctors said I would just be sitting somewhere. Coming up, Gina talking about the love and support from her siblings. I did the physical therapy so much and my brothers and sisters helped me a lot that now I can stretch it out. I can't stretch it out as far as my right arm, but I can stretch it out and I can carry things with it for short distances and I can hold things if they're not too heavy and I know without that support, I wouldn't be right now. So I know how much that support means to me. And I just want to be that support for someone else, you know. And the power of persistence. Two or three days a week, I was working on it. And then it's small progress, but I got to where I could lift seven pounds. And to me, that from that one pound, the seven pound is big. It might not be big to someone else, but it's big to me. And that's all that matters is that you are making progress and that you don't give up. Let's hear how Gina has become an active user of Instagram. I have recently started joining on Instagram some support groups. I have purposely looked up 
accounts and try to find women like me or men, just people in general who are stroke survivors and just kind of follow them and follow their story and, you know, give them support when they need it. I follow five, I think, that I have not met in person. There's a a girl that lives in Florida. Um, She just recently had a stroke last year, I think it was, and she has two children, two boys. And then there's a, a lady, she actually had a stroke right after she had her baby. She had a baby and then like had a stroke. And so she had a newborn and was recovering from a stroke at the same time. I think that was three years ago. And she's doing really well with her recovery. And when I can, I give her support. You know, I comment on her videos and give her support where she can, because I don't remember going through all of that recovery because I was so young. But I had older brothers and sisters who remember it and they tell me how well I did and how they supported me and what they did to help me. And, and I appreciate all their hard work and I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for them just, you know, helping me out my left side. I was so restricted with it that I couldn't even stretch my left arm out at all. It was like completely like stuck to my body, I guess you could say, because I didn't have the mobility in it. And I did the physical therapy so much and my brothers and sisters helped me a lot that now I can stretch it out. I can't stretch it out as far as my right arm, but I can stretch it out and I can carry things with it for short distances and I can hold things if they're not too heavy. And I know without that support, I wouldn't be where I am. So I know how much that support means to me. And I just want to be that support for someone else, you know. And Gina believes you should always ask for help. Don't give up. If you are feeling down or if you need support, don't feel bad asking for help. There are times when I feel like I should be doing stuff on my own because I need to you know, exercise or I need to work on my mobility and stuff. And so I don't ask for that help. And then I wish I would have later. And so I would say just if someone asks you for help, sometimes they're not doing it just because they see you as a disabled person. Sometimes they're doing it because they love you. And sometimes they do it because they want to help you and they want to support you. And just keep going no matter how hard it is. Like, for instance, I was trying to lift weights and I could only start out with one and three pound weights. And it was so hard for me, but I kept at it for two or three days and or two or three days a week I was working on it. And then it's small progress, but I got to where I could lift seven pounds. And to me, that from that one pound, the seven pound is big. It might not be big to someone else, but it's big to me. And that's all that matters is that you are making progress and that you don't give up. Gina's story is proof. Not only can you have a stroke at any age, but you can still lead an active and fulfilling life after stroke. 
This is the final episode in Season 3 of Stroke Stories. Thank you to everyone who's supported us so far. And remember, you can subscribe to Stroke Stories on your preferred provider. And please do rate and comment on the episode you hear to help us spread the word. For the next few weeks, we'll be re-promoting some of the powerful stories from our archive. Please take a listen. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share, please contact via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening.